Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Oh, Megan, hi (laughs) to you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We should tell our listeners that as we're recording this, we are in the middle of a heat wave here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm in Seattle. Stephanie sneaked out. So (laughs) she's... She's on the East Coast right now, but if you hear any buzz in the background, it's one of the eight fans that I have. (laughs) Eight fans. Oh my God. And poor little Sophie Marie, my doggie, she's actually got a a bag of frozen broccoli uh, tied around her chest (laughs) to keep her cold. Frozen broccoli. Very inventive (laughs) and good thinking. Good thing. Well, it's good to talk to you, Stephanie. Good to see you. So and, good you to know, see it's- you. <laughs> My goodness. So um, speaking of hot wave, <laughs> hot <laughs> is it getting hot in here? That ties in beautifully with our theme for July. So let's just dig in. And the reason why we're talking about some heat here is the month begins with, well, actually begins and ends, and we'll get to that a little bit later, with a whole bunch of Mars energy. So let's just start with that. We start off the month with a Mars-Uranus square. And then a little bit later, we have a Venus-Uranus square. Now, what's interesting, we'll talk about the square itself, but what's really interesting about this is it joins in and it aligns with that universal Saturn-Uranus square. So when we have these personal planets, you know, joining in and moving into this alignment as they are at the beginning of the month, it really triggers everything or activates all of this very Uranian energy. So let's just dig in, Stephanie. Let's talk. Let's start with the Mars square Uranus. And that's on July 3rd. Right. So we have the Mars square Uranus on July 3rd. And on the 1st, we have that Mars opposite Saturn, right? So it's like tying into, it's activating, it's making it very hot, right? That (laughs) Saturn Uranus square. And like you said, anytime a personal planet connects to an alignment, it like, it activates it. It makes it alive. Mm -hmm. So it really feels like, you know, the end, because, you know, it would be like the end of June, we would have felt it in the beginning of July, this sense where we may find ourselves if we're caught between Saturn and Uranus, right? Like being traditional and holding the line and following the rules and rules. Who wants rules? Like (laughs) let's think of the future and let's be inventive. And if you're caught between that, right, whether within yourself or other people around you or sort of tug of warring that, if you will, not a good word, but I just sort of made it up, tug of warring. (laughs) That you might find yourself, you have to be careful that you don't feel extra angry or inflamed, right? Or upset or overheated with that Mars because of that. And it does Mm -hmm. feel like how can we use that constructively is to really think about how can you look to the foundation Saturn, but be inventive Uranus in championing, right? 
what you desire, Mars. Which is Mars, Mars, right? Yes. Yes. And we should mention that Mars is in Leo. Mm-hmm. So that's extra fiery. And then the, 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 uh, the Saturn Uranus square, Saturn is in uh, Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. So that's actually a fixed T square because we have Leo, we have Taurus and we have Aquarius all in this mix and they're all challenging each other. So like you're saying that we have to be really careful around this time, beginning of the month about being overly activated and really, you know, just taking a couple deep breaths and grounding. I also think that it could very well bring in some insights perhaps with that Uranus energy about how to do things a little bit differently as we're Mars moving forward. And maybe that could be a potential with this as well. Super. I completely agree with you. And I love too that you focused on the fixed, right? Because it's that like, how do we stay solid, right? How do we stay grounded? But also how do we though not stay too rigid, right? Too stubborn, too fixed. And there's so much fixed energy around us. So like how do you move consciously? Right, right. And I think movement is a key word here. And I think that it might be a little bit of two steps forward, one step back, kind of, you use tug of warring, or (laughs) I love that, because it is a tug of war. It's that conflict and maybe getting out of the idea of one extreme or another, or, you know, Mars, especially in Leo likes to win, and it likes to win big. So it's kind of that go big or go home energy with Mars. Mars and Leo. I, so I think it's like, how can we tame that a little bit? How can we temper that a little bit so we don't combust or burn out or get into some major conflict out there? Yeah, I think that's really important, right? And then we still get that Leo energy when Venus, which will be in Leo, does its little dance, its square dance with those, right? It opposes Saturn on the 6th and it squares Uranus on the 8th. And I think that's such a good point about the Leo, right? Like, you know, in terms of like using that sense of boldness, right? And using that sense of largesse, but being also Mm -hmm. really careful too, to like, you know, have it be personal and have it not be personal, right? Like just in terms of watching for like our feelings. And, um, but I do think too, right? I mean, that movement and maybe that movement in terms of really striving or championing for beauty in a new way, Mm -hmm. but a way that makes sense. You know, it can't just be this new way. Let's try this thing. Saturn is like, but does it make sense? Does it add up? Is it aligned? But I agree with you. It's like, go, I think you have to sort of pull from both. I wanted to say something poetic, but I'm not going to be able to like pull from both buckets, like pull from both vessels, right? The vessel of tradition and what's, what works and what we've relied on and the non-tradition of like, but what else is there? You know, how can we mix it up and just see how you can sort of combine those two. Yeah. And when you're talking about it, it's like, it almost reminds me a little bit of like alchemy. Mm. So we've got, you know, these different ingredients and we're looking at and very opposite ingredients. Cause like you're saying, Saturn, old guard, Uranus, new guard. So how do we bring in these diverse ingredients, opposing ingredients together? And that combination maybe can create or transform into something completely different, a whole new ingredient or way of being. It's like a little bit like turning that lead 
into gold. And so as we're talking about this too, just technically, I want to mention that we're talking about Venus is also in Leo and that square will be happening on the 8th. It's also interesting that you're bringing up that they both, both Mars and Venus will have danced with Saturn (laughs) individually and then they go into this, you know, T-square. So it's just a lot of energy there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of it, because it always sort of comes back to it, and we talk about that a lot, like mindfulness. I was thinking today about like, you know, that it's not about or, right? It's not about Mm -hmm. should I go the same route that I always go or should I take a new path, right? Saturn versus Uranus. But how can we combine both? And I was thinking like, you can walk down the same path, but if you walk down the same path with beginner's mind, Mm -hmm. it is also a new route, you know? So I think it's about how can we not have it be ors, but that alchemy, like you say, of mixing them together. Yeah, no, I like that. No, no either or. And as we're talking about this too, what I'm thinking about is, you know, we're talking about both Venus and Mars, and of course, that's going to bring up relationship. So, you know, maybe some of this is going to be playing out in the relationships in our life. And that can be our relationships with each other. That can be our relationship with the collective. That can be our relationship with the rules and what's happening. And there could even be with this some power struggles. You know, when we have the Venus and the Mars and Uranus and Saturn, everybody trying to get their way. So this would be a time, this is what you're talking about, not the either or is to not get into a power struggle and look at a way how these energies can come together. I love that because power struggles, remember when we were talking like, what are the themes of the month, right? Power and power struggles because of that, that you just mentioned. And is that okay to go on at this moment about the other? Absolutely. Yes. 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 You know, cause we, it isn't since we have the sun in cancer for two thirds of the month and Mercury at some point will be in cancer. They will oppose Pluto, right? The planet related to power and control who has it and who doesn't, you know, um, the sun will oppose Pluto on the 17th and Mercury will oppose Pluto on the 25th. So again, too, it's that like, it's dig deep, you know, and, and, you know, really like suss out the secrets, but to also see like where maybe that warring of Mars, like you have to be careful that that warring of Mars doesn't continue. Like we want to champion, right. But just watch to be like, bring things from out from under the surface so that we're not unconsciously warring, if you will. Yeah, I'm so glad you're bringing that up because anytime we've got Pluto there in the mix, especially, you know, a Sun-Pluto opposition, uh, and what was the, what was the, oh yeah, and then the Mercury-Pluto opposition, it's going to bring up that issue around who's really in control. And maybe it's a time to step back and look at ultimately who is in control. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's not any of us. And maybe surrendering and giving it up to that greater good. But it's it's funny because when you and I were talking about the podcast today and we were coming up with words about, you know, what what are the words for the month? I we did come up with power struggles and activate and also triggering. Trigger. All of these alignments that we're talking about have immense potential to trigger. And of course, the beauty of triggering 
is it's going to bring stuff up to potentially heal it or awaken something or gain new clarity and insight, especially with that Uranus energy, which is always an invitation to new ways of looking at things, is just to be aware of what's coming up, what you're talking about being mindful. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's really going to be key because things might get really triggered, right? And things are going around, but it's like when they do, instead of just like, like sort of stepping outside being like, okay, what just came up for me? Why did that come up? What's, what's that really about? Right. And then it can be, like you say, a really incredible time of healing as opposed to being exceptionally volatile. Right. I think we need to watch for that. With all that Mars right. and all that Pluto, plus lots of other things. So where do we go from here in terms of the month? Because there's so, there's so many layers, as we called it, a busy bee month. It's a busy, busy bee month. And also just want to point out, if you want to know where this is going to be triggering you, you know, look where the fixed, where what houses you have in your chart with fixed signs, with Leo, with Taurus, with, um, uh, blah, 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 what's the other one? Scorpio. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius. And, and, Aquarius, right. Okay. So the next thing I have on the list is to take a look at the moons because we have a new moon and of course a full moon like we do every month. But this month, the moons are a little bit interesting. We have the new moon in Cancer on the 9th. And then just a couple of days later, we have Mercury moving into Cancer. So all of a sudden, the vibe, the energy begins to shift. And, you know, we've been, Mercury's been in, in, you know, in Gemini for what? Five years? No, it seems like five years because it was since like May 3rd, like May 3rd to July 11th, like two plus months. And usually it's there for like a couple of weeks. So it was an extended time because of the retrograde. So with it moving into with the new moon and then the Mercury moving into Cancer, it's a whole different vibe there because the Cancer energy is a water sign. Cancer's touchy feely. It's emotional. It's feeling those feelings. It's relational. It's home. It's family. So definitely going to be thinking about things maybe a little bit differently, acting with things a little bit differently. And that all kind of seems to get set off with that new moon in, uh, in cancer on the, uh, on the ninth. Yeah, for sure. Right. And it, and it's interesting because it comes from a different direction, but it still also feels because it's so emotional and you know, that again, the triggering, right. The protectivism, the like, just in terms of like what might get activated and our feelings and to be really open to them. Yeah. And cancer can be very protective. You know, it's like, you know, when you get a little bit vulnerable. Okay. So we can't talk about the new moon without talking about the full moon. And so we have the full moon in Aquarius on July 23rd. And I am just going to turn this over to you, Stephanie, <laughs> because you're the you're the technological astrologer here. It joins the great conjunction. So I'm just da 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 da. I'm turning that over to you. Explain, please. So on the 23rd, we, as you said, we have a full moon, right? Did I make that up? Yeah, I was like, did I make that up? And then also, on, <laughs> this is actually, there's two Aquarius full moons, right? There, because it's so early in the in the Aquarius, the Leo season. There's also going to be one in August on the 22nd. So this one is at one degree. The moon is at one degree Aquarius. The sun is at one degree Leo. If that one degree sounds familiar, it's because it's close to zero degrees. Um, basically, that is where, if you remember back to the great conjunction that we had in 
December, the end of December, the great conjunction is Saturn and Jupiter meet up and they meet up every 20 years at a certain point. Just so happens they met up at zero degrees Aquarius. So this was the ushering in of this new cycle, right? Related to all these Aquarian themes, science and logistics and the common good, you know, the community and like, you know, that our well-being is dependent upon the we. It's not just about the I and all of technology and space and artificial and all that Aquarian themes that we're almost feel like we're in the nascent stage of it being birthed. So it does seem that this full moon somehow triggers that, right? Or somehow activates that, you know? And it's not to say that any other old Aquarius full moon wouldn't have those themes, but it may be interesting to look to see is especially what happened at the end of December somehow brought to light full moon in that third week of July. Yeah. Did I do yeah. that justice? Do you want else to say I anything I think you did. No, that? I think that's so great. That is such a great explanation. And, you know, it's just always so fun to say the great conjunction. <laughs> right, except not nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like that we even get to say that. But I love the idea of looking back a little bit, you know, after that first start, because that was a really, really big deal. And we talked a lot about that, about kind of it bringing in, you know, a little bit of that age of Aquarius, that age of air. We've just been an earth forever. And so that was really activated then, and it's going to be reactivated now. So I think it's really great to pay attention about, you know, what insights may have played out over that time. Yes. So no, you did a great justice, Stephanie. And I would be really interested to see, like, I would definitely pay attention to like what might arise around that full moon related to Leo and Aquarius. Leo, art and children and creativity and the spotlight and celebrity and Aquarius, like the future or space travel or technology. Like I feel like whatever may arise may also give us sort of, I don't know if the word is hints, but like sort of that, that, that alive archetype that may also give us clues to how things may evolve, you know, right, with these coming trends. Well, yeah, it's so interesting because now, you know, all the celebrities are going to Mars, right? right? You know, whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, it's like, that feels very much like the Great Conjunction, and especially when we have all this Mars energy this month, it's it's celebrities on Mars, I think would have been a, might have been a better theme for our podcast this month. I think that that celebrities on Mars. Okay. All right. So we've got one other... I know we're lat- we're cracking each other up here. It's the heat. So the other thing we want to mention, because this is here we are talking about Aquarius. Guess what? Jupiter this month at the very end on July 28th moves backwards into the sign of Aquarius. It's been in Pisces, so it moves backward into Aquarius, and it will be in Aquarius for what till the end of the year or exactly till the 29th of December. Okay. So let's talk about that. I mean, we've had Jupiter in Pisces, it's been swimming with Neptune, and now we have it back in Aquarius. And so we've talked about this before too, whatever, you know, Jupiter tends to in, enlarge or expand whatever the sign is. So there we have that expansion of that Aquarius energy, much like what you were talking about. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? I mean, even last year when you and I were talking about 20 20- 21 and all that was occurring, right? To actually think about how 
part of the year was Jupiter and Aquarius and part of the year was this sort of little liminal break, if you will, I don't know how to call it, of like Jupiter and Pisces. And that expansiveness, as you spoke about, like expanding Aquarian themes of, again, of logistics and science and the common good and we the people, whatever even that means, right? But like that sense of the collective and future forward. And then we went into Pisces, right? And it was Jupiter, we, Jupiter, it feels very Pisces, like we, all of us together in in mid-May. And it's interesting because things got a little dreamy right? Like there was that level of the announcement about the vaccinations and the many, the mask mandates went away with a lot of play began to. And like, there was sort of like people started gathering. Obviously it's not all about the pandemic, but this seems like a good image, right? Like things are just like, ah, that thing we longed for very, very Pisces, like became sort of this at least temporal reality, right? And so as Jupiter switches from Pisces and goes back into Aquarius. One, I wonder, right? Like whether part of that sense of the dreaminess may like sort of like disappear until next year, if you will, right? But also we turn our attention again to those Aquarian themes of we the people and the collective and the networks and how does this all work? And we may, you know, find ourselves like finishing up business we started relating to our own networks and our own technology. And um, it does, but I don't, I mean, who knows? Cause we're not there yet, but I just kind of have a sense, like it is going to feel really different. Like this sort of sense of dreaminess that will come back next year. I'd be curious to see that shift in the tone. Yeah. And when you talk about next year, cause Jupiter will then go back into Pisces for a while, you know, as you're talking about the dreaminess with it, I'm also thinking, yes, it was like some dreams got, you know, manifest and came true, but it was also hazy and cloudy, so cloudy. you know, and so it's like what's real and what's not real. And so I'm looking forward to a little <laughs> bit more air clarity, you know what I mean, where it's not just foggy, 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 right? So I think with Jupiter and Aquarius, that may offer that as well, just a little bit more of that mental sharpness out of the fog a bit. I agree with you. I think that that will be really nice. And like, yeah, back to that, like thinking and understanding and just like the sharpness, like you say. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. when we were like preparing for this, we talked about how even this month feels so that big Aquarian theme. Like there's so many different like was going to nuggets. I hate that word, but like nuggets to July. And like, how do you make a story of all of that? And that feels very Aquarius. Like, how do you look at the big mandala of insights and information and weave that together to get that broader picture? And I think you know we'll go back into that, and so it'll, things will get maybe more clear in a way. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing up to the big picture, you know, which is so Aquarius, like where we can like kind of get out of that tunnel vision a little bit and open up to the bigger picture and bigger possibilities, right? Okay, so we've got to like go now to we said Mars started the month and Mars ends the month. So let's wrap it up by talking about the Mars. Here we go, Jupiter. And now we're talking about a Jupiter-Mars opposition. So we've got them opposite each other at the end of the month on the 29th. So it's like, bam, we came in with that (laughs) Mars Big Bang, and we kind of go out with a Mars Big Bang. So just talk a little bit, Stephanie, uh, about that Mars-Jupiter opposition. Yeah, and it's so, you know, it's so interesting because then I just realized too, like here we're talking about Jupiter and Mars, like we start the month where with that Mars opposite Saturn, where things may feel like sort of 
rigid or tight, if you will, on, on that piece of it. And you end with that Jupiter opposite that Mars, that like, go big or go somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? It may, like, <laughs> right, right. It may just feel like there's a sense of expansion and, and this sense of limitlessness. And, you know, I want to go do this and that. And I think that we need to tap into a sense of optimism, right? Mm. And tap into like that our, you know, our desires and sort of give them a broad horizon but, or and, I should say, I also think we have to be very careful not to overshoot our targets, right? And Ooh. not to like, you know, think we can do all of this and feel like everything's possible. That is very Mars opposite Jupiter. And then it's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like it was not as big. We didn't have as much energy. We didn't have as much resources. We didn't have as much stamina or fuel Mars as we wished we could, you know, under that Jupiter haze. So Ooh, that's so good, Stephanie. What I mean, I, what a great little uh, flag there, flagging us all on that because, and that ties back into don't burn out. Don't burn you know out. Me? With that Mars, you've always got to be careful. I love it. Don't overstep your target. I think that's so, so perfect for the end of the month. Really yeah. good. Okay. And I, and I think it's, it's just, can I say one more thing? I'm yeah. like over it is, I mean, again and again and again, <laughs> Mars, 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 right? And here we yeah. are like and with all this Mars and this heat and this activation and, you know, like how do you like, you know, it's almost like we get to meet and know Mars, right? That study in Mars, like how, what fuels us, how we fuel ourselves, how we do it with like consciousness and awareness, so. Yeah, and again, look for the house that you have Leo on, right? And, you know, whatever house that is, because that's where the Mars is going to be playing out and that's where the you know, the, the Saturn Uranus conjunction and T squared, all that. And that's where it'll be activated in that house with, oh my gosh, I can't even talk. Uh, with Leo <laughs> on it. It's the heat. I'm going to blame it all on the heat and such a busy month, but well done us. Now, of course we have to pick the tarot card of the month and we decided to just be <laughs> stay bouncy and just pick a card at random on the air. Oh so Stephanie, <laughs> it's just like a game show. It's I love it. It's the tarot on Mars, right? So <laughs> and the tarot on Mars. Oh my God, we're cracking ourselves up. Okay. So you can't see me, but I am shuffling and I'm going to take a deep, big breath. And so I'm like, what is the theme for for um, July and the car. Oh my God, you're gonna, you have to love this, Stephanie. It's the full card. Stop it that you divine, no way. divine I got the full, so I, divine, divine, divination got the full card. No way, which is I, the Uranus card, right? It's the Uranus card, exactly. And honest to gosh, you guys, I did not plan this, but she, oh she my did gosh. not. I am the witness. I actually watched her randomly. Pick. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I, that's the power of the tarot, right? Is it Amazing. really does reflect what is going on in a deeper level. So let's talk the fool. And the fool is ruled by Uranus. And the fool is says, expect the unexpected and be open to grand new possibilities and surprises. And in a lot of decks, you see the fool and he's uh, perched on the edge of a cliff or a precipice. And the idea is don't look down. Don't look down or you'll get scared. Instead, you just jump and you just trust. The parable for the fool is 
the fool jumps off the cliff because he knows the angels will catch him. And so the idea is I am so inspired that I'm just going to jump off this cliff and follow that inspiration and see where it takes me. Now, the thing about the fool is there's no guarantee about outcomes. It's a card of taking risks. It's a card of going for it. But the reason why that fool is so compelled to go for it or jump off that metaphorical cliff is he's so called. He's called by some inspiration or some feeling of, I just gotta, I just gotta go here. I just gotta try this. And so the idea with the fool is it's not about following a plan or it's not about doing the right thing. It's giving yourself permission to just really follow that bliss and see where it takes you knowing that whatever happens, you're going to be transformed in some way just because you went for it. And so it's like this quantum leap forward and we have to detach from those outcomes, which is so great for all this Mars energy, right? It's just to be present and not try to control outcomes. So here we have the fool guiding us through the month. If you have a deck of tarot cards, get that fool out and put it on your mantle as just a little piece of inspiration. I'm like a little speechless, but obviously just a little because I'm saying that I'm speechless. Um, I cannot believe that you picked, I mean, I can't believe because I saw it. That is so incredible and also sort of so fool-like. We were just like, let's just pick it, quote, at random, right? And like you trusted that, right? You trusted sort of that bliss of that inspiration and look what arose. Yeah. Can I ask you? Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, it's just so I, I just I'm loving it like you are. Can I ask you one question? It, would it be then too like if there's no plan, is it just we have to listen in, right? Like where do we find the direction, like with the fool? Well, that's a really great ste- question, Stephanie, and I'm going to answer in a very Marsy kind of way. <laughs> the fool is about action. So it's not like I'm just going to feel into it and see it, it's not it's not all fuzzy you know feely it's more like action i am so compelled that i have to do this or i have to go here or i have to initiate or activate something so it's very it's very marsy in that way is it's actually is a call to action it is to follow that actively follow that inspiration this is incredible. Wow. Really incredible. Wow. Well, this is so great. We've stumped the stars here, folks, <laughs> with, with that one. We were not expecting it. And it was funny because when Stephanie and I were talking about what should we, what should the card be for the month? Uh, we have no idea. And it was Stephanie said, let's just pick a card at random. And here we are. Here we are. It's perfect. Well, Both what a both. month. What a well, month. Um, stay bouncy. Stay bouncy for sure. Stay a a bouncy fool. Stay a bouncy fool. Have fun. Stay cool. And um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone, all of our listeners out there for tuning in. And just to remind you, you can always connect with us at sodivine.us, or you can reach out to Stephanie at stephaniegaling.com or me at meganskinner.com. So thank you so much, Stephanie, and I'll hopefully be seeing you soon. Yes, you will be seeing me soon. Thank you again. I adore you. I love this. I thank you everyone who's listening and our So Divine community. 
big shout out to Nick Patri and Sebastiano Tecchio for all your production and audio engineering help. And have a great activated mo- month. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. We said it all. Take good care. <laughs>